Taunting a ghost, never a good idea. But taunting a ghost who's been beheaded, it just might mess with your own head. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. We'd absolutely love to hear them. Of course, you can also write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you'd like access to all of our bonus episodes, advanced episodes, all of the extras that we give you here at the program, uh, it's the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories. Then sign up to be a premium subscriber on Apple Podcasts. You can even try it for three days free or through patreon.com slash real ghost stories or kick it old school on the website at ghostpodcast.com. All the same content in all three places. Uh, and you can binge away on all the ghost stories you want, all commercial free. It's Tony and Carol Hughes with you on today's episode of the program. What's going on? Hey, friend. So I had kind of a funny thing happen over the weekend. Yeah. So I ran into one of my friends. I don't see her very often. And she goes, I haven't meaning to tell you this forever. And I keep forgetting. Mm -hmm. Oh, what's that? And she said that um, she knew I did a podcast about ghosts, but didn't know what the name of it was. Mm -hmm. So I think this is kind of funny, but she said she likes to go to sleep listening to scary stories, which I think is really strange. But. Okay, whatever. I would have the worst dreams every night. A lot of people apparently do. Apparently yeah. she likes that, right? I think so. So she said, um, she's scrolling through wherever she listens and she goes, oh, I think I'll check this one out. So then she, it was ours. <laughs> she goes to bed and she's laying there and then here I come on. She goes, I about shit. She goes, all of a sudden it's you. <laughs> oh, it was so nice that I showed up right before you went to bed. Going to bed with your friends. <laughs> yes. Like, I think I scared the shit out of her. Like, she's laying in bed. And it's like, oh, my God, oh my girl, Hughes. That's funny. Jesus. Yeah. That's a good, that's going to bring me nightmares hearing Carol Hughes right before bed. Holy shit. It would bring a lot of people nightmares and a lot of people joy. It all depends who you're talking to. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's funny that uh, that you had that uh, experience. I've had it uh, in random places where I'll be out somewhere and like, oh, you do podcasts and I'll say what it is like, oh, my God, I listen to that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> but I love it. I love it. It is. Uh, and uh, if you guys like the show, yeah, like I said earlier, press subscribe wherever you download podcasts. Don't miss any uh, breaking episodes, uh, breaking episodes, many new episodes. I've been so in, entrenched in news lately that I've been saying the word breaking a lot, which, by the way, if you like uh, breaking news, check out True Crime Today. That's one of our other podcasts. We're also following the uh, Idaho murder case uh, and uh, Anna Walsh and several others uh, over there uh, as well. Uh, let's go to our first ghost story here today. It says, it's me again, and I'm excited to share my international ghost experience with you. I've written about my experiences that have happened in my home state of Arkansas, but I have experiences in other places, too. wanted to tell you about when I studied abroad and had an international experience with some friends. 
It was 2019 at the end of the school year, late May into early June. I was wrapping up my junior year at the University of Arkansas, and I was so excited to have my first international trip in the form of a two-week study abroad program to the United Kingdom. My professor would accompany us on a faculty-led tour along with another professor from from Ohio State University and her students that would join us. Our trip began in London. We had planned to stay there for three nights. I was awed by the large English city. It was everything I had imagined it to be and more. There were many things to see and bucket list items to check off. The second full day that we were there, a guy from Ohio started talking about the ghosts of London. He was also interested in the paranormal, but his interest was more out of goofiness. He just wanted to scare the cute girls in our group, and he was flippant about the legends surrounding certain landmarks we visited during scheduled tours. He would laugh at real historical artifacts preserved in museums or displayed at historical landmarks. One of the most uncomfortable instances was when we visited the Tower of London, famous prison in the middle of the bustling city. As we toured the old and majestic structure, the beef masters told us about the disastrous reign of King Henry VIII. Henry killed or divorced many of his wives, and he was not a great dude. His second wife, Anne, was beheaded for several reasons, none of which most sane people would say are justifiable. Henry had her beheaded on the lawn inside the walls of the Tower of London. She'd been imprisoned there for some time before her execution and marched out every day to see where her eventual beheading would take place beneath a grand tree. She never knew if she would return to her cell or if that were the day she'd die. There are many prisoners, both innocent and guilty, beheaded, hanged, or executed on the Tower Green. Several were buried in a church on the same grounds nearby. Well, this student from Ohio decided it would be funny to disrespect the dead. After we were told the story of Anne standing beneath the supposed tree she was beheaded under, he went and spat on the tree and laughed. Then as he went over to a different part of the structure, he literally danced on the patch of ground surrounding the tree and laughed about dancing on the headless queen's grave. No one in our group laughed or thought it was funny. Out of a group of 32 dumb young American tourists, he was the only one stupid enough to disrespect a place where so much death and sadness had occurred for many years. Even if you don't believe in the paranormal, most people try not to speak ill of the dead, disturb their resting place, or be disrespectful in general. Later that night, we had free time, and some of our group decided to go to local pubs after the scheduled dinner. Many of us were too young to drink in the States, so we were excited to enjoy local culture while also being legally old enough to drink. This kid was one of the ones that I went out, or that went out. I decided to go get gelato and then go to bed. About three in the morning, my roommate and I were woken up by a huge knock on the door. A girl I'd been rooming with jerked up out of bed, cussing, went to the door. She was sure it was some of our drunk fellow students playing a prank or confused about the room they were supposed to go into for the night. She opened the door to see her professor standing there. She told us to get dressed and meet them in the lobby in 10 minutes. Got up, put on some clothes, went downstairs, met several students from both schools. My professor and the Ohio State professor came down and somebody addressed us all. They told us that the student who had behaved so inappropriately at the Tower of London had been taken to the hospital and was severely sick. He had passed out at a local pub and fallen down a flight of stairs. He'd been complaining of a huge headache and had told his friends it felt like his head wasn't on his body. That's when he passed out at the top of the flight of stairs after using the restroom and fell a full flight before coming to rest at the bottom of the stairs. He was now in the hospital still unconscious. 
The Ohio professor had only come to the hotel to get her luggage and tell her students that they would now be in the care of my professor. She went to stay with her student at the hospital while the rest of us went with the rest of the scheduled trip. They stayed one more night and had to med flight him home as he got worse. Eventually, he recovered but had no memory of the night. My guess is, disrespecting the dead and their place of sorrow, resting, wasn't the best idea. And they got their revenge. Whether it was Anne herself or other spirits that didn't care for a pushy American tourist, as most Brits don't. I'm a huge fan and save up episodes to listen to for my road trips or slow days at the office. I can't wait to see what you do with this story. As always, thank you for this platform for people like me. Yeah, it's never a good idea to do that, even if it's not... Uh, That's stupid. It's never do that, period, on a grave. I don't care who... It, right? I mean, yeah, it's just, why? What are and you? there's... This story is very interesting to me. Side note, I wonder how much it costs to be medvaxed from the, the flight from <laughs> London to the U.S. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, but I love British history, and I went to England once years ago and i was like oh my god i'm so fascinated by this city by this this whole country by the uk that i came back and all i did was read i like to read i read um british history books um uk like ireland scotland for about 3 years and so henry the 8th is one of my favorite it i don't know like i don't know what it is about him that favorite as in terms I'm of hey what a good guy to. No, he's a really bad guy. I should say, I'm fascinated by the story of Henry VIII. Okay. That's better. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's a really bad guy. It's like saying like, Jeffrey Dahmer is my think favorite. She said, bad dude. Yeah. <laughs> but no, Henry VIII, it's a fascinating story of all kinds of corruption and power and abuse. And, you know, the way he did treat his wives, his first wife, um, he she was a staunch Catholic, Catherine of Aragon, and they had a daughter Mary together. And then in the meantime, Henry falls in love with Anne Boleyn. And he's like, I don't want to be married to her anymore. Catherine and Catherine, you know, there's no such thing as divorce. She can, she's Catholic. So he starts a whole freaking church in England so he can get out of the marriage with her. And that's how they separated. Because so, he started his own church. So he started his own church strictly mm -hmm. to get divorced. And then it turned uh -huh. into like, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. it's a great so way. He marries Anne Boleyn yeah. and he wants a son and she's not giving him a son. And of course, and he soon falls in love with somebody else, basically. And to get rid of Anne Boleyn, you know, he's got his own church now. But he's like, well, they accused her of, it's like intimacy with her brother. Oh, God. And yeah, and some other um, f infidelities mm -hmm. and sentenced her to death. So he didn't kill all his wives like people think he did. I think he killed two of them or three. That's it? After, yeah. Oh, he's not as bad he, as I thought then. He didn't. Yeah. But so I was so fascinated that I know exactly in the story where they went, where that tree is, where all that is. And back then when someone was executed like that, especially someone like Anne Boleyn because she was queen. She was married to Henry. And they just came, like people would pack their lunch to go watch this beheading. And yeah. you bring your kids. It was like, you know, it's like watching TV. The Super Bowl's on. Let's all go watch Anne Boleyn get her head cut off. And so people would, you know, they would, they would rush up there 
and try to get her blood on a hanky or something, like a little souvenir of the day, which I think is bizarre. It's funny. But when you go there, that place has such energy. Yeah. Like, that's why it just... Anybody who would do that, like spit on the tree or, you know, like, look at me, I'm dancing on Amberlynn's execution site. And to me, that's just so insensitive, number one, because that's what gives American tourists a bad name. Mm -hmm. That's why people get pissy with American tourists because they do shit like that. Mm -hmm. That's very disrespectful because they wouldn't have been the only ones there by any means. You know, so he did it in front of people which is embarrassing. And whether or not, like, the two things that happen have anything to do with each other, it's kind of like coincidence. I don't know. I know. It it could be a coincidence. Uh, You know, he he doesn't seem like the most, uh, well, the the, the best good, the good decision maker at all. Uh, I I agree. Not a good decision maker. So it's not entirely improbable that it was an alcohol poisoning and he just got really blitzed and fell down the stairs and fell down the stairs but it's in the timing is very interesting and the the headache is very interesting uh, and i think it makes a great story though it does whether it has anything to do one with the other it makes a great story well it's it's interesting with what you're speaking of of the public's insatiable desire for following uh crime and mm-hmm. and dramatic crime. I mean, they were they were like that back then. Even worse, I would say, then than today. If you're going and watching people be beheaded, and you're wanting to go get a little bit of blood, it, like we watch things on you know Dateline now and podcasts and all that. But I don't think anybody's showing up hoping to try and get a little bit of right? blood from the murder scene or a piece of evidence. I mean, it, back then they were yeah. absolutely brutal. During the Middle Ages, oh, yeah. like the torturous things they would do. I went somewhere overseas once. I can't remember where it was. But we went to something where we found all of these torture devices that yeah. they used, like drawing and quartering. Yeah. You know what that is? Yeah. So, like, they just pull somebody apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, you do it outside in front of people. People We're just, just got... Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, even if you go back, you know, a hundred years in our country, there was public hangings and things of that nature that people would go and watch as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. So I they mean, would do it, the same thing. Pack so, a lunch. Yeah. Let's go watch yeah. the public hanging. So it's really not that old that people were getting out and, and checking out, you know, these sort of things as festive things. You know what actually made it better? Television and radio. <laughs> Television and radio provided people other shit to pay attention to and get involved in rather than go watch the local hanging. It's like, wouldn't you rather watch this Leave It to Beaver episode? I mean, come on. I mean, eventually, yeah. I mean, it, it kind of, it, it everybody shifted their, where they would focus their time and efforts to someplace else uh, over time, but uh, not that far back from it, from yeah. the inception, shit was still going on. So. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it, it, and if you look at the, history's trek and how many years we're talking about here. We've only not been doing this publicly for about 100, 150 years. Uh, The rest of the time, pretty much always been going on. So I don't honestly think it's that far of a stretch that it's not going to shift back there at some point either. And you look at a town like mine, you know, because I live in Kansas, you live in Arkansas, you know, 
back in the day in the gunfighty old West times, yeah. you know, they did do shootouts and shit like that. Yeah. Like they were pretty brutal. Yeah. Watch 1883. Like exactly. People, you know, it's it's one of those things where, oh, it's the past. Yeah, it is the past. But, you know, the way the world is working and the way people's insatiable desire for this shit is, uh, I, I honestly would not be surprised if there is a shift back to some of those things at some point with a societal breakdown or something. Uh, and that's what people end up. Hey, entertainment. Oh, my God. No, please. It'll, no, I don't think it'll happen when work. But I could see like, I don't know, shifted 100 Although, years. They'll, they'll look tell back you, and go. I do love a good episode of Dateline. Yeah. Well, Dateline Live coming to uh, a theater near you. <laughs> my God, I would so buy tickets for that. If I could see, if I could pay to see Keith Morrison tell his story, I would be like, can I upgrade? Can I get that VIP package with the first five <laughs> rows and the meet and greet with Keith Morrison for $350? Exactly. <laughs> be down with that. Oh. Let's go to our next story. It says, howdy there. I'm uh, not big uh, ghost story podcast person, but I was in Utah for a work a few weeks ago and made a friend at their Halloween Ren Fair. We ended up talking about ghosts and stuff, and they told me I should try and contact you all about my experience here in my home. From what I've been told, my grandparents built this house to live in, and we have never rented it to anyone else besides me currently. There was no other houses before in this spot, allegedly, my entire life. This house has always been a bit wonky, with dogs refusing to go into certain rooms. My current office and the master bathroom are consistent through three generations of dogs, and the last generation didn't know the two before them. And the doors shaking at night. I have a few different stories, but the first one I wanted to mention here is one of the only times I had a sleepover with friends. Once I had my friends, a married couple, Sam and Megan, and my closest friend, Mary, Stay with me in the living room. We blew up an air mattress, let the couple sleep on it while Mary and I stayed on the couches in the middle of the night. There was a loud bang on the air mattress, which Sam, his wife, and Mary freaked out over. It sounded like the air mattress was too full of air and popped. Sam and his wife fought over the, uh, the uh, them pranking each other, but Mary, who's been creeped out by my house since the day she stepped foot in it, said that they both weren't really moving. And she wouldn't have seen them smack the mattress. There were no holes. It didn't break. And while I don't remember this, apparently I woke up for a moment and mumbled, I probably just don't like you much. I remember hearing the bang, but not saying anything afterwards. The reason we slept in the living room versus any other room is, number one, it's the furthest away from the dog rooms, which are the places the dogs will never venture in. And two, because at night, if you don't lock the doors to the rooms you're sleeping in, they'll open when locked. It's like an aggressive shaking as if someone is trying to get in. Never lock the door because it's more, um, I'm more afraid of living people over dead. That's what we assume would happen at least. Mary doesn't like staying in those rooms because it freaks her out. I say it's not that bad since nothing happens. So the best of both worlds was a room with no door shake. The real mystery to this is I've tried asking my grandmother about it once. If anyone has died here before, she gets really angry. She's got tons of guns hidden everywhere, including her purse, safe, cabinets, car, you name it. There's a gun in it. When she moved out, I kept finding guns hidden everywhere. That was the real scare for me. I also don't try to contact them because I ain't that stupid. When my grandmother still lived here. She'd bring things from garage sales of people who were recently deceased. Whatever is here, it's super territorial, and I think everything's safe as long as no stragglers show up. 
probably really weird, but I felt safest in this house because I know they don't mess around, whatever they are. We live in the hurricane state of Florida, and I can say with 100% accuracy that we've never lost water or power when we get hit. The house takes very little damage, honestly. The worst being our windows shake a little from Ian. The only time we lost power was right after my aunt broke into my house during Ian the last time. The power only went on about an hour after she left. I have security cameras all over the place because I'm paranoid thanks to her. There's more, less interesting things, as I said. Nothing dangerous ever happens, but they do like to turn off the shower lights when I shower at night. It's really rude. Anyways, hope you enjoyed listening to my very sassy house and have a great day or night, y'all. Thoughts on that? I like the reference to it being a sassy house because it kind of is a sassy house. Mm -hmm. But number one, I don't know that the air mattress thing is paranormal, but I do know it would have scared the absolute shit out of me. Sure. Because if that would pop and... I don't know. It just burnt. Like, I don't know what happened to mm-hmm. it, but it, like a balloon, but an air mattress doing that would be really loud. And I think I would have maybe had to go to the hospital for my heart after that. Uh, yeah. It would have been really scary. I think so. I, that would be a and, lot. And there could be a weakness in the mattress somewhere that would have been, you know, you could air it up okay. And then have, they're laying on it for a little bit, then it bursts. So it could be something like that. So, I mean, it could be explained. Is that still scary? Yeah, it's still scary. Um, but the other thing about that story I find really interesting is his grandmother and her fascination with guns and hiding them all over the house. I think that's kind of... I'd be curious what sort of trauma she endured at some point in her life that she felt the need that that, that, that made her feel more secure. Something obviously happened. Yeah, that, you, that she felt the need to have a gun someplace yeah i mean that that doesn't feel to me like that's a paranormal response to something you know i think that that's a trauma response response, yeah that'd be more as some kind of trauma yeah i'd be curious as to know what that was but i don't think that's paranormal now the lights being coming on and off when you're showering yeah that's that's really rude Mm-hmm. And the the door thing also would scare the crap out of me with doors. You know, somebody trying to get in a door that's locked. Never a good thing. I would never would sleep because I would always lay there going, is it going to happen now? Is it going to happen? It's like, are they I just, can't. are they patrolling the house? Do they need to get through the doors to get into room to room? Because then that goes against the whole, well, ghosts go through walls thing. Maybe. That's the connection with the grandmother and the guns. Maybe the grandmother thought there was somebody like a person. Intruders all the time. Yeah. Maybe that's how she rationalized it. It's someone keeps breaking in her house and doing this to her. So she has to protect herself and has to have a gun nearby wherever she's at. Most people would just carry one gun room to room. Mm -hmm. If that was the case, instead of hiding guns. So it also makes me think there might have been, I don't know, the grandma, but there might have been a little dementia involved in that. Dementia and guns never work well together. No. But I could see, but but if you're in a room, then you don't have a gun with you and you're not carrying it. Then you got one everywhere in case you're in a room where that starts happening. That might be part of it. It could be. It's, yeah. Maybe it all comes back to the door thing. And, you know, if 
she doesn't believe in paranormal things. Well, the door's locked and somebody's over there banging on the door and, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you're... If you're in that room, the door handle. If you're in that room and that's happening, and you don't believe in the paranormal, the only thing that's going through your mind is someone's trying to break in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you'd want a gun at that point to protect. So yourself. there we go. We might have just figured that out for him. Hope we that just, helps. We just solved a mystery. All right, <laughs> uh, phone call eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is our number. You can call it twenty four seven, just like this one. This is Matt from Oklahoma City again. Uh, I'm going to tell you a couple, three stories about experiences I had in my parents' house. In the mid-90s, when I had to move back for about a year after my divorce, uh, I actually had had some experiences earlier in my teens and pre-teens in my actual bedroom that I grew up in. But uh, I wound up staying in a different room. Uh, which my parents used as a spare bedroom on the opposite end of the house when I stayed there the second time. Um, my dad was pretty persnickety about me leaving my shoes out uh, in the common areas of the house. So he would uh, lose patience with me and oftentimes take my shoes and toss them into the room I was using. So uh, I worked evening shift. And I was, I would pretty much routinely sleep pretty late. So by the time I got up, my parents would be gone at work. And I remember it was morning time and uh, I was sleeping facing the wall. I had a bed, small bed, like a super single that faced the wall, or or at least I was laying oriented towards the wall. And I remember I was kind of lying there half awake, and I heard the door to the bedroom open abruptly and swing open, and then I heard what sounded like my tennis shoes being tossed into the room. Ended up dozing off uh, and sleeping later, and then uh, whenever I did wake up and, and get up, start my day, I realized that there were no shoes in the bedroom. And they were, I had left them in the living room. They were still there. Then on another occasion, I was uh, laying in bed at night and the window in this bedroom faced a sidewalk uh, in the backyard of the house. And this sidewalk had a pretty severe drop <clears throat> just beyond it um, where the ground dropped off to a, a much shallower height and then there was a fence there uh, right next to it. Not really a space you could walk in other than on the sidewalk. And uh, I was lying in bed one night and I heard what sounded like a uh, something super heavy, something not even realistically heavy, like a, uh, a big shipping container being dropped from about six feet outside the bedroom window and landing on the ground. Of course, when I looked outside, there was nothing there. And I, I don't know how anything could really explain a crash that loud to begin with. 
And there was another incident when I was laying in bed back there at night. And I was left with the lights off and the bedroom door closed. And the only way I can explain it is I had my eyes closed. And I had a vision of a woman's face directly above my face, almost nose to nose, like she was levitating over the bed. Uh, parallel to me, but facing me, which was pretty startling for an instant. And I know a lot of people would say that that was probably a dream or that I imagined it, but it was pretty vivid. And I think it was more than uh, just my imagination or uh, I know I was still awake. I'm a pretty light sleeper. It's difficult to fall asleep. Have a good evening. Thank you for sharing that one with us. Thoughts? I can't even imagine how loud that sound must have been. If he described it as a shipping container being dropped from about six feet off mm-hmm. the ground, yeah, that would be really loud. Yeah. The only I thing all I can think of on that is there. it's a strange name, but we've talked about it before. It's called exploding head syndrome. Uh, and what it means is you're sleeping and you, you awaken to a crazy loud bang and you've like, where, what the hell was that? I mean, it's like a bomb going off bang and I've had it happen before. Get up, look around. You're like, what something, my thoughts when I had it happen was like, did like a, a, something tip over in the living room, like a big China cabinet or something. Um, because that's the only thing you could think of. Or if like somebody ran into your house with a vehicle, uh, horribly yeah, like loud. that time I thought somebody did that and exactly. I got up and yeah. it was fine and <laughs> nothing it's, wrong, but I literally thought that's what happened. But it is a thing and it's not paranormal. It's just something that our minds do from time to time. And it can be extremely scary, but I don't know if that's what the case is here, but when there's those bangs, uh, there is a psychological explanation for it in, in a lot of cases. And the other thing, <clears throat> excuse me, that I thought of was that, um, and we haven't had many earthquakes here for a while, but when they were fracking, mm-hmm. it, we started having a lot of earthquakes. Yeah, all the time. And little ones, and we had a big one, and it was actually centered, <clears throat> the epicenter was in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I live about 40 miles north of Oklahoma. Yep. And, um, so if you're in Oklahoma, there was a lot of Oklahoma that felt that one too. And it was the weirdest thing. It was this, and I've heard people describe it like a train approaching. And that's what it sounded like. Yeah. It was really strange. It was kind of off in the distance, which is what woke me up. This is about seven in the morning. And I was like, what the hell is that? Like it's getting louder and louder and louder. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what about an earthquake, you know, when you think the ground underneath you is moving, you know, it obviously makes some sounds, yep. but it was really incredibly loud and sounded like a train, not a shipping container dropping, but it was definitely loud. Yeah. And then at one point it sounded like somebody was outside the house and sprayed the house with like gravel. Yeah. Like at a high power gravel shooter. Or something that's the only thing I can think of. Sure, it was the weirdest sound like gravel was raining on my house, but on the sides, the roof, all of my house, it was very weird. It's uh, so, I mean, uh, maybe it could be one of those things, 
there there, there are some possible explanations, but it would be scary no matter about, what. You know, feeling like there's some, the seeing somebody's face right in front of yours. There's also, you know, yeah, that can be a dream. <laughs> but I've also had those dreams where it's just, even if it's just a dream, it wasn't just a dream. <laughs> it was different. Like I have a dream every night. Mm-hmm. Then you have this one where somebody's right there. It's just a different kind of dream, especially like he said, he's a light sleeper. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how you explain that one. That is but very. I, I think I would explain it to myself as obviously it was just a dream. I would go with that. Otherwise, it gets a little more scary than you want it to. Scared the shit out of you. No. All right, that's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air and uh, become a supporter through Apple Podcasts. Get access to all the advanced episodes, the bonus archive, uh, as well as uh, everything being commercial free. It's all there for you to binge away on nonstop. Do it at Apple Podcasts, ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash Stories. Until next time, for Carol, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.